Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And one of the most helpful, the most necessary aspects of our life and of our walk with Christ is our doctrine. Now, many people, they think that doctrine doesn't matter. All you need is Jesus. All you need is the gospel. You don't need doctrine. But if anybody says that, you just ask them, okay, well, who is Jesus? And as soon as they start answering the question, who is Jesus, you're in the realm of doctrine. Mm. As soon as you say, well, what is the gospel? Well, now you're in the realm of doctrine. And so doctrine matters. And when it comes to issues of life, what we believe about things really matters. And what we believe about God, what, what we, how we understand his word, how we understand salvation, faith, all these different things, all of that affects our day-to-day decisions, even if we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we want to do on this podcast, specifically in the segment that, that uh, we call Theology for Everyone, is we're working through the Westminster Confession of Faith. We're going through a small book of doctrine, a small systematic theology to help us understand our salvation and understand God in a more accurate way. Mm. And our hope is that as our view of God and a view of his work gets more accurate, our affections for him will be hotter, right? As we can see the beauty of what he's done, we get in there and see the inner workings of it. It produces wonder in our souls and that wonder produces worship of our Trinitarian God. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, We are working through this Westminster Confession of Faith. We are now in chapter 18, and this is a fun one. This is a a chapter on the assurance of grace and salvation. So it's the doctrine of assurance. And this is one that we might not have ever thought about. Unless you've read a systematic theology, you might not have ever thought about the doctrine of of assurance. And the doctrine of assurance is basically how you know or assured of your salvation. So can a person know that they're saved and have an assurance of their salvation that produces a settleness in their spirit and a worship of their God? That's, uh, that's what this is about. And um, the scholars here, the Westminster divines, kind of come out swinging right away. Um, let's go. I'm going to have, uh, Kevin, I'm going to have you read it and then we'll, we'll start breaking it down. You bet. Although hypocrites and other unregenerate men may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and a state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish. Yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him may, in this life, be certainly assured that they are in the state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. Okay, another long paragraph, lots of big words. We've got to get down in it. They start out saying this, although hypocrites Uh and other unregenerate men, so we've got two categories of people. We've got hypocrites. Hypocrites are those who... Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. They're people that claim to follow Christ, but actually don't follow Christ. They, they, they claim to be believers, but they don't follow Christ. They, 
maybe tell tell people and they teach people not to look at pornography, but they look at pornography themselves, mm-hmm. etc. And other unregenerate men. Unregenerate means their hearts have not been regenerated. They're, they are not born again. They are still men of the flesh. They are still children of wrath. They are still in the flesh. Okay. So these categories of people, these hypocrites and other regenerate men, unregenerate men, may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and a state of salvation. So hypocrites may have, and unregenerate men, may have an assurance of faith, but it's false assurance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so think of it like this. These people believe they're right. They feel like they're right with God, but they're not. Mm -hmm. They have no problem with their sin. They have no problem... I mean, so you would have people who, you know, like right now, they, they, they would claim that homosexuality is not a sin and that God's okay with it and they're okay, and them and God are good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, they're hypocrites. They may have assurance, but it's false assurance. It's not a true assurance of the faith. They are yeah. not in the faith because they're living in sin, yeah. right? And that can go in a million different ways. So what if they're just a new Christian and, you know, and uh, they believe and they have assurance that they're in Christ, but they can't see those things yet? Yeah, well, he's going to get into that in a little bit. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what, do we, what do we have for text there? We got De- Deuteronomy 29, 19. The one who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Okay, so the one who says... When God's word comes to them and they, they say, oh, I'm going to do my own thing anyways, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, they, don't, they, don't obey, they don't obey God, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be fine, though. You know, it's no big deal. That's, you got her tight. Yeah, that's that hypocrite. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the hypocrite or the unregenerate men. And you've got a lot of people like that. You mm-hmm. have, okay, so uh, let's see if I can remember off the top of my head. R.C. Sproul gives four ca- categories of people. People that are unregenerate and they know it and they don't care. They have no assurance of salvation. They don't care, right? Hardened atheists, whatever. Like cursed God and die type of people, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you have unregenerate people who think that they're saved and they have an assurance, but it's a false assurance and they're not saved. Think about, I'm just going to use this as an example, could go anywhere, but the Catholic who baptizes their baby and then never they never go back to church. Why did you buy, baptize your baby? So that he'd go to heaven when he dies. Mm. Okay, that's... A false religion. The Bible doesn't teach that. That's a false hope. That child is not saved, and that person's probably not saved either, right? Maybe you have you, you believe that um, you know God loves the good people and He hates the bad people, and you're one of the good people, and you have you think you're you look at a lot of people and you say, well, they're bad, and I'm good, so God's probably going to let me into heaven. That's false assurance. Okay. Now here's the other two categories of people. Third, you have the regenerate person, the person who's born again and they know it Mm -hmm. and they have assurance that they're saved, that God has given them assurance that they've saved and they rejoice in in that fact. Fourth category of person, the person who is saved but doesn't have assurance. Mm. They wonder, am I saved? Am I really saved? I don't really know I'm saved. But they, they are really saved but they don't have assurance of faith. 
Okay, so there's four categories of people there. Mm. <clears throat> Yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus. So here we go. Truly believe, regenerate men and women. And love him in sincerity. So love him full, with a full heart. Endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him. So we see this fruit of faith. They've put their faith in Jesus Christ. And then out of that faith comes a love of Jesus. And then out of that love of Jesus comes a walk mm-hmm. or behavior change, mm-hmm. right? They're doing good works. Mm-hmm. They may, in this life, be certainly assured that they are in the state of grace, okay? So having assurance is not a guarantee, okay? So, so having- Flush that out now. Yeah, 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 okay. You can be saved and not have assurance, mm. okay? Assurance comes after that faith has produced a love and produced a walk of life it's done, it's done a significant change in your heart. It's produced some fruit of the Spirit. And now you can see that fruit and you can go, oh, God has saved me. Mm. I, I, have an, I know God has saved me because look what he's done in my life. Okay? Do we have a text for that? Yeah, 1 John 3, 14, 18, 19, 21, and 24. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Okay, we hear all of those evidences right there. We Mm -hmm. hear... Love for the brethren, Mm -hmm. love for God, obedience to the law of God, obedience to his commandments, right? So, and as we walk that out, we gain assurance of salvation. So so, somebody asked, uh, what about my grandpa that was on his his deathbed and he gave his life to Christ? Like, what does that look like in this scenario? Well, that person would probably not, I mean, it depends on what the spirit did in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. That guy who gives his life to Christ on his deathbed, he might not never have assurance, mm. but he doesn't need it because he's going to see God, right, he's right. Gonna see God with his eyes okay. in, a, in, a, in a minute, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he might not. But sometimes, the, sometimes, you know, there's a conviction of sin and there's a warmth of the heart and the spirit does something supernaturally in the life of a person that they just know it in the moment. Mm-hmm. But that sense of assurance won't hold them out won't, won't be enough as they live their life. Mm-hmm. So we know our hearts will grow cold. We will forget that original experience. And then what do we need for assurance? We need to see evidence of grace. We need to see evidence of the fruit of the fruit of the spirit. We need to see evidence of, of regeneration in our heart, okay. right? We need to see that. And if we don't see that, we will be tempted to depression. We'll be tempted mm-hmm. to despair. We'll be to, tempted to like, am I really saved? Mm-hmm. So this is why when you see a person who's struggling with a, a, a significant sin that they can't get mastery over and they feel mastered by it, oftentimes they will, they will doubt their salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So 
we'll go back to the text here. And may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. So that's the end of this. The end of assurance is to give glory to God. Mm. If I'm unsure of my salvation, then I'm not going to, my worship is going to be weak. Yeah. But if I know, think of it, who rejoices if they're drowning? Nobody's worshiping while they're drowning, right? But once I've been saved and I know I've been saved, now I worship, right? Yeah. Now I'm happy. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, once we know for certain that we are in the elect, we are saved, that God has regenerated us and redeemed us, once we know that for certain and our salvation is not in question, mm -hmm. that produces greater worship for the glory of God. Yeah. We see yeah. God's glory and we worship him. I think this text explains it like perfect Romans 5, um, 2. Um, Though him have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's a great it's a great scripture. <clears throat> so our ass blessed assurance mm -hmm. produces a steadfastness and hope in the midst of the dark darkness. So yeah. we don't want to dart we don't want to doubt in the dark what God told us in the light. Mm -hmm. Right? And our assurance helps strengthen our faith when we walk through dark times. Yeah. Right? When we walk through difficulties. I know that I'm saved. I know Jesus has not forgotten me. I know God has not forgotten me. He's going to, he will get me through this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Article two. <clears throat> you want to read that, Kevin? You bet. This certainty is not a bare conjectural and probable persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope, but an infallible assurance of faith founded upon the divine truth of the promises of salvation the inward evidence of those graces unto which these promises are made, the testimony of the spirit of adoption witnessing with our spirits that we are the children of God, which spirit is the earnest of our inheritance, whereby we are sealed to the day of redemption. Okay. So this is about, you know, how, where, where does that, where does that, where does the assurance of faith, where does that come from? And is it just like a subjective feeling, mm -hmm. right? Or is it something objective and something real? Yeah. Westminster Divines say this, this certainty is not a bare conjectural. Uh, how do you, what is a conjection? How do you, that's like uh, a possibility or something like that? Yeah, it's like a, it's like forming, drawing a conclusion based on half the evidence. Okay. And probable persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope. So, this is not wishful thinking. This is not just a human hope, like the like the hypocrites and um, other un unregenerate men have. Mm -hmm. What's the text for that one? We got Hebrews six eleven, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. In verse 19. Let me look around. Six, yeah, Hebrews 6, 19. 
So having the full assurance of hope. Mm-hmm. So verse 19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. A sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, mm-hmm. like that reaches behind the curtain. That's the into the holy of the holies, into mm-hmm. the heart, the throne room of the universe, right? Yeah. Um, we have, that's the kind of steadfast hope that this is, mm-hmm. okay? But an infallible assurance of faith founded upon the divine truth of the promises of salvation. So, this is not conjecture based upon my mental faculties or my human reasoning or my hopes. Mm -hmm. This is an infallible anchor based in the Word of God and what God says about salvation. What's the text we have for that one? Hebrews 6, 17 and 18. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Okay. So, point one is this hope, this assurance of faith, Mm -hmm. rests on God's unchangeable, infallible truth the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. He cannot lie. So he, if he, if he says that we're saved and that he's paid the, cro- the, paid the cost for our salvation and he's applied that to us through the Holy Spirit, then we are saved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now it's going to move into our awareness of that reality. Mm. The inward evidence of those graces unto which these promises are made. The inward evidence evidence of those graces unto which these promises are made. What's our text for that? Yeah, 2 Corinthians 1.12. For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience that we behave in the word of our simplicity, that godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God. So the testimony of the inward conscience Mm -hmm. that God has moved in in me and he saved me. Yeah. Yeah. Things that I used to didn't think, you know, I didn't think were bad. Now I realize they're sin, right? Mm-hmm. I've been convicted of it. I see mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit, you know, things that I used to not want to do, now I do because it, it, it's loving God and loving other people. Yeah. So there's an inward testimony. There's inward evidence that my heart has been changed. So it's that reforming and always reforming in the yeah. midst of this. That's right. Also, the testimony of the spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirits, that we are the children of God. Romans 8.15. Yep. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, so not only does our conscience give us evidence of grace that we've been saved, but the spirit of God that has been put inside of us gives us, um, reminds us of the reality, the doctrine of adoption, right? Like we, God is our father. Like we are his children that we have, that's going to be producing a love for God in us. 
and it's going to be reminding us that he is a good father and that he has not forsaken us. And so that's another inward evidence of grace that is meant to bring us assurance. Mm-hmm. That the Holy Spirit is working in us to call out to God and say, Abba, Father. Yeah. Which spirit is the earnest of our inheritance, the down payment. Earnest means down payment. So the Holy Spirit is the down payment on our new created bodies, mm-hmm. right? So we've already been given the Spirit, and and when Christ comes back to set up his, etern- his eternal kingdom, we will also be given new created bodies and a new heavens and a new earth yeah. and all that. So we've got the down payment of that already. Whereby we are sealed to the day of redemption. Sealed, again, mm-hmm. got the down payment, signed contract, signed, sealed, and delivered, and now we're just waiting for that day to come. Right. What's the text for that? Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Okay. So, we see here um, that our this assurance comes through the word of God. So that means we have to be reading our Bible mm-hmm. to become aware of that assurance. And therefore, if you don't read your Bible, um, you're probably not going to have very much assurance. Yeah. And, um, and we have to be careful here too, because some of us have just heard the gospel enough, or our kids have heard the gospel enough that they might have a false assurance. Mm. They might think that they're saved and they're actually not saved. Mm. And so we want to be working out our salvation with fear and trembling, yeah. right? We want to be showing evidence of a changed life and a changed heart by loving God's word, by reading God's word, by having the Holy Spirit change us from the inside out, by having our conscience constantly reforming to the word of God, having our thinking constantly reforming to the word of God, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. He wants us to think his thoughts after him. Mm-hmm. And none of us think like God. Right. Right? And so we have to go to God's word and challenge our own thinking, challenge our, our own presuppositions with the word of God and have the word of God rejuvenate our minds, to literally renew our minds, mm-hmm. right? Constantly. And then to uh to be communing with the Father, mm-hmm. to be communing with the Son, to be communing with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if we're not communing with them pre- through prayer and meditation and Bible reading and worship, um, then we're probably not going to hear the Holy Spirit when he tries to speak to us to testify to our sonship, yeah. right? to remind us who we are, to remind us of our identity in Christ, to remind us of the love of the Father. Um. And so we might, uh, we probably need to think about that. Now there's a book out there, and it just reminded me of this called uh, Delighting in the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Delighting in the Trinity. And if you've never thought about communing with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, that would be a good book to pick up. Um, And I I think that would help you also in your assurance of faith. As you commune with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, He communicates to your spirit that you are redeemed, that you are loved, that you have been forgiven. Yeah. And and as you gain that assurance, man, it just 
it makes you a better evangelist. It makes you a better mother and father. It makes you a better husband. It makes you a better Christian. Yeah. You're more confident in who you are and what God has done for you. And, um, yeah, and, and just more worshipful overall. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, man, that's good. Okay. All right, that's Articles 1 and 2 of Assurance. We will talk to you guys soon. If you've got any questions on this, email me at justindeed at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. with your mental man hardcore when you're like trying to do all your moves that you normally do and you try to do that single leg and a big th thunder thighs you like come on man come on yeah <laughs>